Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents playoff basketball in Southeast Iowa. And I'm on the phone with Scotty Melvin. Welcome to the program, Scotty. Hey, good morning, Dave, and good morning, everyone else. Well, it was uh, a weekend of heartbreaks and uh, rejoicing. So, uh, we're going to start out with the heartbreak of the 3A, uh, where we lost everybody. But uh, and I didn't get a chance to really check into these games, so tell me what you know. Let's start with the Washington Demons losing in overtime to Sola. You know, it's definitely a heartbreaker there, but um, those teams are pretty evenly matched. They showed that when they played in the last game of the season, and we talk about uh, how hard it is to beat a team three times in a year. It's It's hard to beat a team when you're even matched twice in a year. So uh, it would have been better for Washington to drop that regular season game and, and get them back in the playoffs, but it went the opposite. It went to overtime. Solon's a quality team and they were able to nip the Washington demons and, you know, Solon moves on. Well, that was something you and I think Andy picked up on that. Uh, it really wasn't good to just play them, you know, like the last game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a quality uh, opponent to tune up against heading into the into the postseason and you know Washington coming out on top definitely not a bad thing but uh, you know again we talked about it before when it comes to sports uh, and you're and you're uh, facing a team that you you know you're pretty even with and you've already beat before they're the ones that are hungry and and uh, to get to get that back you know and and they are also the ones that have got adjustments to make to try to overcome whatever it was they didn't do right to lose in the first game and you know, Solon did it. Credit to him. Um, they move on, and our our demons. That I was just sure would get to state this year or out one game early. Well, they aren't the first one seed to come out in this tournament. It just seems like the one seeds are dropping left and right, and then nobody's even making it to, to Wells Fargo. You know what? We're kind of going through a repeat of what we did in the in the football season. We have the high hopes for our area teams that are so good, and then you get into the postseason, and every game is tough and each round gets tougher and it's just such a hard road to go. And then basketball, I don't know what it is about this sport, whether we're talking high school or college, it just gets crazy when it comes tournament time and, and teams are fighting for their lives and you just never know what's going to happen on a given night. Well, uh, our friends uh, in Fort Madison, the season ended too against just an unbelievably good Clear Creek Amana team. I, I watched them play Fairfield and, and uh, I didn't see them have any flaws anywhere. You know, yeah. they're big, they're fast, they rebound, they shoot, they defend, they're fast, they got a bench, you know, they can substitute and bring guys in. It was a, you know, do, do you got any, did you get any insight on that game or were you able to, to follow it anyway? Uh, just on Twitter, you know, as it was going on and, um, you know, you know more about Clear Creek because you'd seen them on, you know, on YouTube or whatever than I do. I only know what I've read, which is a lot. And, and they were good. And it's kind of a, a, a similar situation to that Solon Washington game where we've got two teams that are just evenly matched. And um, Fort Madison had all the advantages in this one as far as being at home and everything. Um, but Clear Creek pulled it out, you know, and uh, Fort Madison, just like Washington, they, they're one game short. I thought we were going to get two Southeast Iowa teams up there in Wells Fargo. And as it turns out, we are 0 for 2 on that one. 
Well, we've seen a lot of really, uh, like Clay Edwards says, if the thing goes on, the scores go down. Uh, but this was a high scoring affair, 66 to 60. Fort Madison yeah. got theirs this time. I don't know. Clear yeah, key. I believe Peyton uh, Davis went off, I think, for 31 in the game. I mean, if, to, to read everything but the final score, I would have thought Fort Madison would have won this one. I felt like it was a game that was probably played at the pace they like. Uh, their big three were um, – putting up lots of points and everything. I would have never guessed they'd lost this game if I hadn't seen the final score. And it was down to the wire, you know, it was a six-point game. But uh, they, they had a heck of a season, and, and you know, we're, we're sure proud of them. Yeah, Fort Madison and Washington Demons, you did a Southeast Iowa proud. You put out some of the best basketball the state scene. You played in a great division. All the teams were outstanding. And uh, one of those teams in the lower division – had a big upset and advanced on to the second round. Uh, they came up against this Marion Wolves team, and they seemed, uh, at least defensively, to be just unbelievable. Marion's got a lot of good athletes. I think they got a couple of their star football players that also play basketball. Um, other than that, I don't know a ton about them. They've got a decent record. They lost to two-way Williamsburg recently, right before the playoffs started. I didn't think this was a game that uh, Mount Pleasant would give up easily in and they didn't and the final score shows 60 of 44 but for three quarters it was uh it was a pretty tight one and Mount Pleasant gave a good accounting of themselves Marion's a top seed so it's not you know any kind of a shocker that they were able to to win this one and and move on but I I sure thought it was going to be Marion and Fort Madison for that sub-state bid and as it turns out it's Marion and Clear Creek Amana. Well let's go as we go into 2A uh let's talk about that Williamsburg uh that was the you know the the last team that was the big strong team that Mid Prairie might have to face. Uh, so uh, what you know, Mid Prairie just I mean, I, I I'm speechless. You just go ahead and describe this game. Well, I had that one going on the radio. Um, I'd hope to be able to get down to Fairfield or maybe even make that trip over to Muscatine to see the, one of these games in person that were going on Saturday night in the area. Uh, but as it turned out, I had Mid Prairie on the radio, Zach and Larry calling the game, doing a great job as always. Had a uh, YouTube channel pulled up to watch Waco. And I, I had tweeted early on, I said, boy, it'd be nice if Mid Prairie could start out on one of those 22 to nothing runs that they seem to be getting in the second half of these games lately. You know, they, it wasn't a 22 to nothing run, but they were on a run the entire game. This game was never in doubt. Every, every time I poked my I head into the living room to hear the radio. It was it was uh, Zach calling uh, Will Cavanaugh hitting another three. He had six oh my gosh, he had twenty points. What's that? Uh, you're right. I was there. I mean, it's, it's like four of them or five of them. I can't remember. Yeah. It was just... I mean, it, it seemed like the amount of times like I heard Zach say Cavanaugh for three and yes or whatever, and then the I, crowd I, would I go nuts. I thought he hit ten of them. You know. Well, I mean, I will say this. For Northeast uh, Goose Lake, they made some kind of adjustments and come out at a halftime, and uh, they scored eight or nine point the they first were. eight or nine points. But then, then it was just right back to and who? Who was this superstar player that they got at Mid Prairie? Well, you got Carter Harmson. He's yeah, Harmson. Holy smoke. And he is a load for anybody. And, you know, even the, you know, in the playoffs, I feel like uh, he's he's their leading scorer generally, right? In mm-hmm. the playoffs, he's um, 
not been stopped, but maybe slowed just a tad. And I don't know, you know, teams are probably scheming for him. But uh, Pennington and Kavanaugh have taken the load of scoring off his shoulders. He doesn't have to do as much. And, uh, you know, this is just a complete team that's on a mission. I don't see anybody stopping them. I, you know, state's hard, but um, they've got a real good shot at winning a title this year. Well, I think, yeah, I think they're the odds-on favorite. I mean, everyone that was ahead of them in the rankings is out. And then yeah. this dangerous Williamsburg team that could potentially trip them up is out. But then you just never know, you know. Mount Pleasant wins in the first round, you know. So anybody and everybody can can go down. And then, uh, I mean, but uh, Mid Prairie, outstanding, outstanding. Uh yeah. There's not much left to say, but like I say, that Harvest, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, when you're a great player, sometimes you, just being on the court brings so much attention to you that your teammates are open, you know, and uh, you're helping them score. You're helping the team win without shooting the ball, you know, but he did shoot the ball. That kid is, I mean, from what I'm hearing, he's a, one of the best players in the state. Yeah. Uh, absolutely outstanding player inside, outside. He hit a big three in the game. Like you said, Northeast came out of the half, reeled off a few points there. And I, I could hear it in Zach's voice, you know, just a little bit of nervousness there. You know, this this thing may not be over, but, you know, Mid Prairie responded and, and they just didn't let him back in the game. Well, then we got to talk about this heartbreaker game. You know, you, both teams are from Southeast Iowa, so you knew somebody from Southeast Iowa was going to be moving forward, but I don't know. You and me have got a big soft spot for Waco and uh, this game went into triple overtime and uh, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on it. Well, Waco's, uh, you know, I live in Crawfordsville these days. I don't live in Washington now and Waco's uh, where, where my, my better half uh, graduated from. And so we go to their football games and we didn't get to a lot of basketball games this year, but we follow them close and, and so that's our community. And so, you know, even though we've got two Southeast Iowa teams going up against each other, we're pulling for the Warriors. You know, that's our, those are the ones closest to our heart here. You know, I run into these, some of these boys at the gym and whatnot and see uh, how hard they all work at, at uh, their sports and everything. And I'm sure it's no different down in Danville. I mean, obviously those kids are, you know, great and they're senior laden team. So that, that bode well for them in the postseason. Uh, having that experience plus the talent they you know Sawyer Nelson's pretty tall in there he's not a big body but he's tall and long and reminds me of uh, Cody Graber there at uh, Waco so there was no real advantage on size there I feel like Danville had uh, the right matchups to go against Waco and they've proven that because they beat him twice already this year I thought this would be a case of even match teams one's already two and zero against the other I thought Waco would get this third one and it looked that way for a lot of the game uh you know, a five-point lead in that game seemed more like ten because of the pace of it and the uh, and the the hard-nosed defense both teams were playing. But Danville uh, kept coming, kept coming. Next thing you know, we got us a tie game in the regulation. They would they score like two points or something in the first couple of overtimes each. Each, yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> each guy got one basket in the first overtime. Yeah, it was just the. Let me just say, and this is no slight to those teams that like to play a slowdown game and be methodical, but I cannot wait for a shot clock. I'm, as a basketball fan, I can't stand final scores that end in the 30s. I want to see 50s at least, you know, 
And so I'm looking forward to that era next year when they implement the shot clock. But that's not what we have this year. And so some of these teams that are more methodical that will pass forever until they find the, the right shot or what have you, you know, if they have success with it, good for them. And Danville's done it. And uh, they pulled this one out too. Once they got that three, three ball to go, and I can't remember the name of the young man that hit it, but uh, in that third overtime, it seemed like that, that just kind of opened the floodgates there, uh, if you want to call it that. But uh, they end up pulling out the – the win there in the third overtime kind of ran away with it there. Well, it seemed like it might've been the end of the third quarter or something, you know, when the Waco or Danville was down by a point or maybe you're tied or something real close. And there's like yeah. a minute and 38 seconds left. And they just seemed like they were just determined to drain all that clock off and then just take the last shot, which they missed. But yeah. to sit there for a minute and 38 seconds and watch it, team just stand there dribble a little bit pass and then dribble a little bit and then pass and it was ridiculous wasn't it, it? it is you know and as a fan it's it's hard to watch but i understand the strategy of it now as the op- opposing team and i'm not here to question coaches or how they do things or whatever but if i were on that floor uh, against a team like that, I am going to get up in their grill and I'm going to push them and I'm going to push them until they're uncomfortable. And if I've got a deep bench, I'm going to push them and be willing to foul kids out to do it, but I'm not going to let them sit there and dribble. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's my philosophy. You press, 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 you play snug defense and, and you make them do something besides stand around. But if you're, if you're going to let them have those uh, breaks and, and slow the game down like that, you're playing in their hands and, and they've shown they are just, they're, they're, wizards with that style of play and it'll be interesting to see up at state if they are successful with that or if somebody does what i'm saying and, and just runs on uh it's, it's going to be very interesting i can't wait to see how it plays out well, now there there are there are southeast iowa team i hope they bring home a championship yeah well danville let's talk a little bit about danville they 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 squeak out a win in the first round with a last second buzzer shot and then they pretty much losing till there's two or three minutes left in the second round uh, up to Winfield Mount Union. And then they pull that out by a basket, you know. And then they go triple overtime to advance again, you know. I don't know if all this grinding it out is going to wear them out eventually or uh, – um, but – However you say they do it, they got it done, didn't they? They sure did. And let's let's not forget on the defensive end how, how stout they are themselves. They're, it's not like they're just out there running clock and slowing the game down and, and no matter who they play, you know, that they just it, – it seems like it's gone that way in the postseason that they're, they've been able to grind it down to where every game's decided at the end and they're the ones that end up with a basket better or more than the, their opposition. And, uh, you know, the big, the biggest margin of victory they've had so far in the playoffs was against Waco, but it took three overtimes. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You mean that's, that, that's a. But they're stout on defense, man. I mean, they 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 are they don't make mistakes. You know, um, they've got Sawyer in the middle there with those long arms and he's six, six. And so it's hard to get shots up in the in the lane. You know, they, they've got a recipe for success as things sit right now with the way the rules are. There's no shot clock. Um, they they could take this thing all the way to the state championship, really. Um, I, I do worry for them if there's an athletic team out there that plays just as soundly defensively but is willing to just push the pace. Can they keep up with it? I don't know. 
Well, it's like Clay Edwards said. He says any one of these four teams can go to state. Any one of these, yeah. you know, four, you know, maybe even six teams here could have, you know. I mean, what? Well, I mean, a little now that that kid, that six six kid in the middle there, he mm-hmm. kept he he just kept Waco out of the paint. You know, I mean, it, both teams defense it was all you know and the shooting wasn't very good you know the, there was a lot of threes that were missed and a lot of outside yeah. shots that were missed and uh right they worked the ball around a lot but there was just you just there was a meat grinder in the inside um now i'm gonna say a little something about hunter hughes you know now well, you gave me some statistics about the uh, the the fouls it was ridiculous yeah. on one side uh they called everything on Waco, uh, what was it? What was the miss? The how many penalties they call on Waco and how many they call on uh, uh, Danville? The box score with it, with this being a you know, I wouldn't call it a rough game, but fairly physical, you know, because you got two defensive minded teams going up against each other. And the final um, count on the fouls was twenty seven called on Waco, fourteen on Danville, which I found kind of curious, um, considering how. You know, like I said, physical the game was and as much of a grinder as it was, but uh, that's the way it played out. Uh, Danville hit a lot of their free throws, too. Um, probably not as high a percentage as the coaches would like, but uh, enough of them to make a difference. Yeah, well, anyway, at the end of the, the – it's it just seemed like Hunter Hughes was getting frustrated with the, all the fouls, you know? Yeah. And you, you could, could see, see you could see him emotionally. So, now, what he did at the end of the second uh, – the second overtime, you know, was was just nothing short of a miracle, you know, because they kept putting them on the foul line. Like, say they're hitting about 50% of them, you know, and they got uh, a three-point lead with almost nothing left, and he just marched down there and hit that three and tied yeah. the thing up and pushed it into triple overtime. But in triple overtime, I kind of think that he forgot he had teammates. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he yeah, just wanted to take that ball to the hole no matter what. And uh, they just quit guarding anybody but him because he wasn't going to pass. Somebody had to had to shoot those threes up. They were in that position where they had to get threes. I thought, you know, at that point, uh, late in the third overtime, and and he was willing to take them, and I I was okay with that. Um, Danville's playing tough defense, so getting an open shot was going to be difficult, especially in a rushed uh, type of setting that they were in for for Waco, kind of desperation, really. So I was okay with it. Um, like you said, uh, that he had that big one. And then he had that right after that, I believe, in that second overtime. He slashed to the basket once and got a layup that was maybe the easiest bucket of the night from what I saw in the game for either team. Yeah. And, I, and the thought hit me right there after the game was over. If somebody up the States got a kid like him, that maybe a senior, maybe a little bigger and stronger, um, boy, I'm going to send him to the rack 30 times against Danville because – I, I, you know, I think they can be pushed. Um, well, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that if they run into one of those teams. Well, who, do you know who they play in the next round? Um, I don't think I've looked at the bracket. And, you know, one day is funny. I don't know hardly anything about any of the other teams that made it to state outside of, the, of Danville. And I don't know much about Danville other than what I saw the other night. Um, so I don't know who they play. We'll have to look into that uh, if we do a preview show and see if we can gather up some info on the opponent. Well, we got another team moving on that we haven't talked about yet. And it's a surprise because it's 4A. Uh, yeah. 
So tell, tell us about Burlington and, and uh, how they pulled out this big victory. Well, I want to admit to any of the listeners here that I told Dave uh, going into that uh, 3A, 4A portion of, of postseason that I thought of what was going on with the other night's games that we would have at least two. We'd have a better shot at all three of our 3A teams moving on than we would our 4A team, Burlington, moving on because of the opponent they played, Iowa City West, which is chock full of, of college coaches' kids. Uh, Fran McCaffrey's got a boy on the, on the team. They've got Big Pete Moe, who is you know grabbing all the headlines across the state this year for basketball. But as it would turn out, 3A's done for Southeast Iowa. Everybody lost, and Burlington won. And, and they won kind of handily, to be honest. They won by 10 points, and... In the second half, as I'm following the game, it was never really in doubt. It was Iowa City West trying to play catch-up, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm so proud of, of Burlington, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I kind of lost track of the middle of the season. They, they seem to have kind of a hot start. I think they took some losses uh, playing some bigger schools. Uh, not a lot of losses, but a few. And so I kind of, in my head, I kind of wrote them off like, okay, they're good here. They're good against – our Southeast Iowa talent, you know, they beat Fort Madison twice. Uh, yeah, this is a good team. But I, in 4A, I thought, man, it's going to be difficult for them to get very far in a postseason because 4A is so stacked. And here they are. They took, you know, out one of the better teams in 4A. So they've got another great one coming up in Central DeWitt. But uh, I, now I'm not willing to count them out. Though. No, uh, I, what I knew about Burlington was uh, how, how strong they were down the stretch. You know, they just every time yeah. we reported a score, they were winning. You know, and it didn't matter who they were playing. Uh, but uh, this 4A thing, you know, Ottumwa's a, a, a nice sized town. Burlington's a nice sized town, but they're not friggin' Des Moines. You know what no. I mean? I mean, they're they're not even a neighborhood in Des Moines. You know, no, not not even you know Iowa City or Cedar Rapids or Dubuque. You know, I mean, there's uh, Ottumwa and Burlington are in a weird spot where they're too big for 3A, but they're not really big enough for 4A. You know, generally and uh, you know, but here they are. Uh, they've got a real legitimate shot at getting to the state tournament. They've got to win one more, and it's going to be another tough one. But, you know, it, postseason, man, it's it's crazy. Well, people, we got Burlington in 4A. We got Mid Prairie in uh, 2A. And we got Danville in A. We, 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 we punched our ticket in uh, three of the four brackets. Uh, we could have nothing. Uh, this was about where we said goodbye to everybody in uh, the football, wasn't it? Yeah, it seemed like, um, you know, just kept getting whittled down. And, you know, yeah, we had a few high hopes that uh, both football and basketball that we thought would <clears throat> take it further and, and heartbreaks, you know, <laughs> that's what happens in the postseason. So here we are. But, hey, we still we still got three alive. That's pretty good. Yeah, and we had the we had those uh, that fog and everything, uh, uh, bad weather on uh, Thursday, and postponed all those games to Friday. Yep. So this is uh, this is your week. This week we just we'll give you the scores, and I'll get on with the Andy Crussinger later, and we'll we'll set the matchups, and, and we'll talk about the next yeah. round. Scott, thanks for uh, giving us a little time before you went to work today. Hey, no problem. I always like to talk some some sports in the morning. You know, I just. Do you just, every time one of our teams loses, it just, I can't, the, the amount of sadness that it brings me is, uh, is uh, way more than it should. How about you? 
It is, and and you know the Waco one stings, like I said, because it's our local. But you got to look at the bright side too. Hey, they you, and we knew this was going to happen once the the first couple rounds got out. We're getting the team in one A from Southeast Iowa to State, and Danville's the one that's done it. And if they can continue to set the pace uh, of these games and and get down to those last couple of minutes uh, where it's tied or it's a one bucket difference, you know they've got a real good shot at bringing home another state title. Well, if you're going to play Danville one, you need to be able to shoot from the outside. And I mean, you know, accurately and not 10 or 11% from three. And, uh, and you better put them, put some distance between you and them, because if it's close in the last couple of minutes, you're going to lose. I mean, there ain't no no question about it. Is there? There isn't. And I keep, uh, you know, saying, well, somebody's going to have to push the tempo on him. Well, nobody has, you know, so that's a credit to them. And, um, you know, state's a different animal, um, and they're going to see somebody they haven't seen before up there. But well, they might they might continue to be that team that uh, forces their tempo, and if they do that, they are in a great position to win it all. Well, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sad that the teams are, are leaving. I'm proud of the teams that are still here. We still got a show uh, next week, uh, so uh, hang in there. When's, when's, the, when's, the, uh, when's the next games? Um, boy, they, they're into March now. I want to say like March 7th or 8th. So it won't be this week. I think everybody gets like the week off and there'll be girls, um, tournament games this week. And then the boys will start up there. I believe a week from today. Well, uh, one in and two a, Oh, Hey, did, uh, did you, did you hear the episode we did with Jess settles and clay, uh, Edwards? Oh yeah. That was, uh, I was looking forward to that one and I'll listen to it again, but <laughs> that was, a great trip down memory lane. You know, I'm a, I'm a, in my late junior high, early high school years when those guys were playing and all those teams they talked about, it brought back a lot of memories of, of when I was following basketball and, and not only in Western Illinois, but over here in, you know, Eastern Iowa. And then, uh, then I moved over here after high school and, and, um, you know, got to see some of these, these schools that no longer exist that those guys were talking about the Marquettes and, and um, Fort Madison Aquinas and things like that. And, and uh, that was a really neat um, history those guys gave us. It was a beautiful trip. Uh, it was a it was a, a perfect portrayal of that area of Iowa, you know. They talked about the farm crisis and uh, yeah. just, you know, it, it was a basketball episode and it was a We Love Southeast Iowa episode, you know what I mean? It was a great uh, – it really showed how much they cared about their classmates and uh, – just what a wonderful and unique and uh, miraculous time it was to have that much going on. Like, you know, when, it, when you got a class size of 32 and about half of them are girls, uh, yep. I mean, <laughs> how, how many, how many, uh, uh, you know, class a recruits could you have? But apparently it was like nine, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I loved about uh, the Winfields and the Wacos when I moved over here. I, I moved to Mount Pleasant, which seemed like a huge school and a huge town to me because I grew up in a town like Winfield. So I can relate to everything those guys talked about. And, and the fact that they had all these deficient one athletes, not just the two of them. Uh, it's just insane because, you know, we, man, we couldn't make it out of the regionals and we had some great teams in basketball where I grew up, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> the fact that they did the things they did in the nineties is it's historic. Yeah, it was, it was just, those guys were great talking to them. We're so lucky that they, you know, they saw what we've been, you know, they saw what you and I'd been doing trying to promote basketball in Southeast Iowa. So when they had a, 
a chance to help us out, they jumped on it. And uh, it's just another one of the, all the, all the programming we put out here, I think is pretty outstanding. So whether it's the farm shows or the, the oh, stuff yeah. that Round Guy does, uh, he's got an interview with the Everly Brothers uh, Tribute Act that's coming in today. We're going to talk about uh, their connection to Iowa and the show that's going to be in Oskaloosa at the Georgia Daily Auditorium. Well, guys, I got a little, uh, we're almost at 2,900 listeners. The goal is 3,000 before this is over. Uh, we're about 20 short of 2,800. Uh, had uh, uh, some more numbers come in on last week. Last week turned out to be the second best highest uh, episode we ever had uh, coach rawson's interview was uh really well received we we are just blowing up in mount pleasant uh we appreciate you down there and uh thanks for listening everybody uh like I say we'll try to get to 3000 by the end of this playoff run and uh, i'll try to get you some coaches interviews thanks everybody for listening anything else scotty Hey, that's it for me today. We've got three left. Good luck, guys. And uh, congrats to all the other great teams and completing a incredible season. It was a lot of fun to follow. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I mean, if you didn't listen, this wouldn't be no fun. So, And it's a lot of fun, ain't it, Scott? You got it. All right. We're out. We're out of time anyway. See you guys later.